Amen. Wonderful singing. Let us now turn in our Bibles to, to Psalm 92. Psalm 92, that can be found on page 589 in the Pew Bible. Let us now hear God's word. A psalm, a song for the Sabbath. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand. That though the wicked sprout like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox, you have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word made his blessing upon the preaching and teaching of it. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the psalmist says, and we can say literally, it is a good thing. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. We need to first consider the object of our thanksgiving, because that's what the author does of this psalm. This is a song or a psalm of thanksgiving. It was written for the Jewish Sabbath day when the people of God rested from their labors, as God rested from all his works. In creation, he created the world, the heavens and the earth, in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. So too, the Israelites were called and commanded to rest on the Sabbath day, the seventh day. And it was a day in which they would give thanks to the Lord. To the Lord. That's the object of our thanksgiving. On this Thanksgiving day, many families will get together, whether unbeliever or believer, Many families will get together. What kind of holiday it is for them, well, that remains to be known. Many families will gather together and celebrate the blessings that they have received or known. They'll celebrate the gift of family and friends. And many of them will even celebrate the abundance of material possessions or good health. To be sure, these are good things. Good things that human beings know and ought to be thankful for. 
However, who's the source? Who's the object of our thanksgiving? Do we pat ourselves on the back and say, good job, you did well? Is that how a person should express thanksgiving? How about thanking the lucky stars? I thank the alignment of the stars, good luck, or the laws of nature for moving in such a way that I received what I have. Friends, people believe this and think this way. Do we knock on wood expressing our thanks to an impersonal block of wood? An impersonal material substance? Is the prayer of thanksgiving a matter of crossing our fingers and wishing such blessings? Such is the folly of unbelief and superstition. Folly and superstition. The psalmist says, it is a good thing to give thanks to who? To the Lord. And if you notice in your Bible, Lord is capitalized. And that's the divine name of God given in Exodus to Moses. When Moses asked God, who should I tell the Israelites sent me? Tell them Yahweh sent you. That is, I am who I am. That is, the self-existent creator of heaven and earth. The one in whom all things hold together. The one who keeps his covenant, keeps his promises to his people in love and faithfulness. Because the Lord, the self-existent one, he doesn't need anyone or anything for him to exist. Think about that for a moment. God needs no one in order for him to exist. You need God in order for you to exist. You need God and his providence in order for you to live and move and have your being. God needs no one. And the psalmist gives thanks to the Lord, the self-existent one, who is creator of heaven and earth. And he is redeemer or savior of his people. Charles Spurgeon rightly says that it's a morally good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Think about what he's saying there. It's a morally good thing based upon the fact that the object of our thanksgiving is to the Lord God, creator of heaven and earth. It is therefore then a morally good thing to give thanks. And an immoral, ungodly thing to be ungrateful. You see how the moral imperative now comes into play when we don't give thanks to God? Since Christ has been raised from the dead, Christians have been assembling together on the Lord's day to give thanks and praise to God for his blessings. His blessing of peace and rest in Jesus because Jesus is our Sabbath rest. We find peace in our souls. We find rest from our works. We find forgiveness of sins and life everlasting in Christ. But the Christian calling is to give thanks every day. 
in any and all circumstances. Looking back, you see the trials and tribulations. You see the big waves going over you, the billows crashing upon you. And you come out on the other side and you say, thanks be to God for his mercies that are new every morning, for his faithfulness that has sustained me and kept me. I give thanks to God through Christ for his mercies, the mercy of forgiveness, the mercy of eternal life, the mercy of his love, his goodness, that though we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself and his own character. And so because of these things, it's morally good. It's a morally good thing for his people to give thanks. If you're taking notes, remember this verse, Psalm 50, verse 23. Listen to what the psalmist says. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Do you hear that? The one who offers sacrifices of thanksgiving glorifies me, magnifies me, lifts my name high. Every day in the life of a, of a Christian, our goal is to give thanks to the object of our faith and worship, the Lord God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the object of our thanksgiving. But the psalm also speaks to the manner of our thanksgiving. How do we give thanks? We give thanks to the Lord, but how do you give thanks? What's the manner of our thanksgiving? You see, it's an outward expression. If you have your Bibles open, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to, our, to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. The manner of giving thanks and praise to God is an outward expression and declaration of his unfailing love and faithfulness. You see, music powerfully communicates God's grace and mercy. Music powerfully assists the people of God to offer gifts of thanksgiving to God. And so in this way, how we worship becomes an emotionally or spiritually good thing in giving thanks to the Lord. Whereas the object of our thanksgiving is a morally good thing, here the manner of our thanksgiving, how we worship God, is an emotionally, spiritually good thing for our souls. I don't know about you, but when I'm in the car, I need to listen to music most often. And when you find yourself in a downer mood, what do you like to do? You put on good music. And you like to jam in the car a little bit, have a little, have a little concert. Thankfully, you're the only one in the car, right? 
But even in the car, or when we're listening to music and we're singing along to the great hymns of the faith, or good, godly music, and we're singing, isn't that refreshment to your soul? Isn't it a good thing? Isn't music a gift? A good thing given to us by God, by which we outwardly express our joyful hearts and thanksgiving to God. I think a part of the devotional life needs to include singing. God doesn't care how you sing. If you're a tenor or bass or whatever, however he's gifted you in those things, or how bad or good you sing. He wants your heart. He wants my heart. He wants us to express our thanksgiving. And song is a manner in which we express and show our thanksgiving. Because listen carefully. Listen carefully here. An unexpressed and silent gratitude, biblically speaking, biblically speaking, is just plain ingratitude. Shall I say that again? An ungrateful, a thankless, silent expression is just plain ingratitude. Psalm 147 says, Praise the Lord, for it is good. It is a good thing to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant. And a song of praise is what? Fitting. Bidding. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. Sing. When you're sorrowful, sing. Carrie's grandmother used to have a note on a refrigerator and she used to make copies of it and give it to family members and friends that said, if you don't feel like singing, sing anyway. If you don't feel like sitting, if the burdens of life are too heavy to bear, seemingly too heavy to bear, if you're hurting and you don't have a song to sing, sing anyway. Because it is a good thing It is a spiritually, emotionally good thing for the Christian to sing praises to God. It is food for the soul. It is food for the soul. And true Christians give thanks and express our thanks to our Father because we are objects of His steadfast love and faithfulness. You see how that goes? We give thanks to the Lord who is the object of our thanksgiving because we have become the object of his steadfast love and faithfulness. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, 
teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to, the, to God the Father through Him, that is through Christ. The Christian is called to express thanksgiving to God, to the Son, in song and music and praise and adoration. Friends, giving thanks is always expressed, always expressed. It cannot be silent. Think about raising children. You teach your children to be grateful when they don't give thanks for gifts, when they don't say, thank you, mommy, thank you, daddy. You're constantly reiterating, reminding them, give thanks. When grandma and grandpa give you something, even if it's an ugly old Christmas sweater, give thanks. Give thanks. But we are like little children, aren't we? We're just like little children. We're adults. Most of us in here. But how, must, how many of us act like little children before God? God, give me, give me, give me. And we don't say, thank you, God. Or God gives and you, and you say, but I wanted this too. Oh, you forgot to add this, Lord. Thanksgiving is always expressed. It can't keep silent because of the work of God's mercy and goodness in our lives. It's emotionally and spiritually good to give thanks to the Lord. Show forth your, your, uh, your thanks. In fact, that's what it means there when he says in verse 2, declare, to declare, to show forth your love and, in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Lord, I want to show forth with my mouth, with my heart, with my voice, with my hands, how great your love and faithfulness is. So we looked at the object of our thanksgiving, who is the Lord, the self-existent, creator God. We looked at the manner of our thanksgiving. How do we give thanks? And now we look at the reason for our thanksgiving. Why ought we to give thanks to God? The God of the Bible, who is the true God of heaven and earth, and there is none besides him. The rest are false gods, the gods of this world, the gods of our own making. But the God of the Bible calls us to thanksgiving because of his mighty works, his mighty works in creation, and his mighty works in providence. That's the reason for our thanksgiving, because of his works, the works of his hands. Since this psalm is a psalm for the Sabbath, there are many interpreters who believe that the author is referring specifically to the creation of the heavens and the earth. So we give thanks to God for creation. However, I think that's a bit limiting. That's true, but there's more to it. 
especially as we look at the greater context of the psalm, where he talks about the works of the unrighteous wicked, that is the unbeliever who hates God, the true God, and the works and blessing upon the righteous, that is those who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God. It seems that the work refers to both creation and providence. You see, by his word, he created all things out of nothing. And by his providence, that is, he works all things. He works all things. Everything that happens in life is according to God's wise providence. That's why he says in verse 5, How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. Deeper than the greatest abyss in the sea. Greater than the furthest galaxies out in the world. In the heavens. Great are your thoughts, O Lord. Who can understand? Oh, the depth and riches of your wisdom. For all things work together according to God's providence. And yet he is without sin. As we read in the last verse, when the psalmist declares that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. He declares that because even though God is the God of promise, uh, providence, and He ordains all things that come to pass, He is not responsible for human depravity and sin. And the Israelites were called, the Jews were called to remember and give thanks to God's providence. Over and over again in the scriptures, over and over again, God reminds the Israelites of the redemptive story, the story of salvation. God called Abraham and made a covenant with Abraham. I will be your God, you will be my people, I will bless you, I will make a great nation of you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God calls Israel to be his own people, his prized possession. He called them out from the other nations by his grace. There was nothing lovely in Israel. No, but by his grace, he called them to be his people. His people ended up in Egypt by God's providence so that they wouldn't starve in a famine. By God's providence, they were slaves in Egypt, and God yet rescued them from the hand of Pharaoh. He led them out of Egypt. They came to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army was ready to demolish and attack and destroy them. God, by his grace and providence, parted the Red Sea so that the people can walk through dry land and save them. But when Pharaoh and his army went to attack and go through the sea, the sea swallowed them up. Because of God's faithfulness and steadfast love for his people. But when God's people disobeyed, God disciplined them in his love. They went into exile. But God did not, for, did not forsake his promise and faithfulness. You see, God remembers his promise. He remembers his mercy. And he gives mercy to his children but the foolish or stupid man, as the psalm states, cannot understand and know because their hearts are hardened in unbelief. Verse 6 says, the stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. 
that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. They flourish for a moment. They have everything they need in this life. All They have the mansions, they have the fancy cars, the fancy technology. They have everything and they think they're set. They're all good. They flourish for a moment. But his end will be destruction because he has rebelled against God and does not give God praise and thanks. We're taking notes. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. The wrath of God was upon those unrighteous, those who were disobedient to God. Because they did not give thanks to God. They worshiped the creature rather than the creator. They didn't give thanks to their creator. And so it's a morally bad thing for the unbeliever who rejects the the God of the Bible to be ungrateful or to misdirect his or her gratitude to someone or something other than the one true God. But we are the people of God, called by God's grace to know the blessing and triumph that God gives to his people. In verses 10 to 15, the psalmist says, But you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. That is, you have exalted my strength. You have made me strong, Lord. You have made me strong. You have poured fresh oil over me. You have blessed me. You have anointed me with your presence. You have brought spiritual revival and health to my soul. Verse 12, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. That is, the Christian will be blessed, is blessed, will be strong like the cedar, like that tree in Lebanon that was used to building the temple and other buildings. They will flourish like the palm tree that through storms can withstand and be upright. God will do this to us, his people. He will make his people flourish. He will plant us in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. In God's presence, we will stand firm and secure. They will bear fruit in old age. That is, God's faithfulness will remain upon them so that they will continue to bear fruit to the glory of God and the praise of his name. These are the wonderful works of God that the author finds good reason to praise and thank God. And so it's a practically good thing. The reasons for thanksgiving are a practically good thing to give thanks to God. Do you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe he died for your sins and rose from the dead? 
Do you believe he ascended into heaven at the right hand of the Father? Do you believe that apart from him you have nothing? No spiritual life and vitality? Apart from him there is no salvation. Apart from him there is no eternal life. Do you know this Jesus? Because if you know this Jesus, then you can say that God is good. And that you can praise his name for the works of his hand in your life. You can praise and give thanks to his name because he has made you strong. That he is with you always by his spirit and word. That Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you and he will take you home. But if you do not believe in this Lord Jesus Christ and living lives of ingratitude which reflect, which reflect an impenitent, unrepentant heart, then though you flourish for a moment, we see here in Scripture what the ultimate end is. For the Christian, this is a day of thanksgiving. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. For the Christian, we believe that the Most High God sent His one and only Son, Jesus. The angel of the Lord said to Mary, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Most High that is praised and thanked here in this passage is the Most High God who sends His Son And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will have no end. He will be king. He is king. He is Lord and ruler of all. And we are called to lovingly submit, humbly submit to King Jesus. And therefore it is a very, very good thing to give thanks and praise to God for his mighty work of salvation in his son and our Savior Jesus. This is the greatest and mightiest work of God. The greatest work of all. The greatest story ever told. And this is all according to God's perfect and wise plan. Oh, your thoughts are so deep, oh Lord. And so great is your faithfulness and love that we can come to the streams of living water, come to Jesus and find spiritual drink and true spiritual food and be fed and know eternal life. Jesus plants us, plants us into the courts of the Lord. But you know what? The courts of the Lord were a place where the worshipers of Israel would go Only the Levites, only the priests, the the high priest was allowed to go into the uh, uh, Holy of Holies. Only the high priest was able to enter the veil. Jesus not only brings us into the courts of the Lord, but he brings us into the very presence of God, into the Holy of Holies. That's where he brings us. To where we bear fruit, declaring with our lips that God is upright. Jesus is upright. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. He is the righteous one. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Oh, it is a good thing to give praise to the Lord. To sing praises to your name, O Most High. 
Friends, on this Thanksgiving day, remember the mercies of your God. Remember the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the mercy and grace of all those things that have occurred in your life. Even the most minutest of things, the things that seem so insignificant, and give praise to God for those even most insignificant things because they come from God's good hand of mercy. Remember, you have life and breath because of him. Use your life, use your breath, use your very being to glorify him and give him thanks through Christ alone, by faith alone. Amen. Let's pray. (coughs) Oh, Father in heaven, we are thankful, O Lord, that you have opened the eyes and hearts of your people to read your word and to believe it and to respond to it. Oh Lord, do we ever need to be reminded of our ingratitude? And so we confess, Lord, that we find ourselves like children in the sense that we forget and do not express gratitude for the things that you have graciously bestowed to us. But yet, like little children, as the scriptures teach, we come to you in humble faith, coming to you as a faithful father who is faithful always to forgive, who bestows his mercies that abound, his mercies that are new every morning, and his faithfulness by night. Oh, great is thy faithfulness, O God our Father. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. All our hands needed, all we have needed, thy hand hath provided. O Lord, God, we confess that you are great. And you have indeed provided our every need, both physically and spiritually. Until you take us home, you call us home to be with you in that heavenly Jerusalem. Oh God, may you be praised and glorified by your people.